Hello, good afternoon. <laughs> and yes, it is. Hello, Jed Ryan. This is Jay Michaels. If I'm on the hello, line, Jay you're Michaels. on the air. <laughs> well, hello, everybody, then. <laughs> I, I knew you knew that because you had your phone voice on. I hear click, and then I hear, hello, good afternoon. I say, okay, he knows we're on the air. Okay, very good. <laughs> Hello, Jay. How long have you known me? You know that this is my real voice. <laughs> I don't have another one. Oh. This, is, so I, this is my 24-hour, seven-day-a-week voice, as well you know. Oh, okay. Okay, let's go with that. Um, how are you, Jed? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, I'm coping as well as anybody uh, else could be expected to cope in these, uh, shall we say, recent tragic events Indeed. going on around us. It's uh, just astonishing how everything is happening so fast, and uh, how, as a healthcare worker, as a registered nurse, it's uh, been unfolding for myself and for my peers. It's been uh, changing literally by the hour. We always have to stay on alert uh, by a phone, by email and text to any new changes that are going on at my institution. I work at a large teaching hospital in New York City, and we have really been in emergency mode. Uh, as you may have heard in the news, our governor has uh, issued a uh, temporary halt on all absolutely non-essential surgeries. Yes. You've probably seen that. I heard that yes. yesterday, yes. Yes, which my hospital had already kind of been tinkering with the idea with. And what we've been doing is my floor that I work on, it was, and still may have the possibility to be when this was over. Mm -hmm. It was just a wonderful place to work. It was a uh, surgical floor. The patients would come in for their surgery. They were generally very healthy. And we would uh, watch them overnight in the morning if they were pain-free, if their uh, surgical site looked good, if they walked around, if they uh, went to the bathroom. That was it. Basically, we kissed them on the cheek and we <laughs> gave them their discharge papers and sent them off. <laughs> and now uh, we've We've uh, reduced the amount of surgeries we're doing, so all of our floors have been pretty much on guard for any potential surge in uh, the COVID virus. Mm -hmm. We've designated entire areas of the hospital for the surge, and we've really gone into a mode where, you know, if all of our staff will be ready for that, and no nurse is, uh, is uh, relieved from that. We all have to be on guard. We're all fitted for protective equipment, and again, we're, uh, I have to say uh, my hospital really took the leads uh, in this when the first signs of trouble started to appear. So it's been rough. It's not exactly the, uh, the uh, utopia <laughs> that it was a few weeks ago. Not that nursing and not that being in the medical field is ever easy, because it's not, but uh, it's it's changed. It's uh you guys have become like soldiers. From what I'm, I'm reading and seeing, it's like you know, yeah, you, you can't say, "Oh boy, I'm a soldier, isn't that wonderful?" Because any second there's, there's, there's conflict. But, but you know, we're at war. We're now at war, and you become the soldiers. Yes, yes, and it's, to me, uh, the whole reason we met was through New York City nightlife, and uh, we both. Uh, I mean, come on now, most of our friends are artists, or burlesque performers, or musicians, or singers, or comedians. And a few weeks ago, I started noticing it. It happened almost very insidiously, where uh, a book signing and a uh, lecture that was to accompany it was canceled right. uh, at the UN that I was going to go to. And this was before the uh, 
the you know what hit the fan. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word, but you know what Shit. I mean. <laughs> In case any kids are out there, uh, but this is oh yes, my audience is purely preschooler, of course. <laughs> well, well, kiddies, remember to wash your hands <laughs> and uh, try not to drive mommy too crazy while you're home uh, all day long. Uh, I'm sure you must be bored with all those video games right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So, before uh, things got really crazy, this was canceled, and I was just personally so disappointed. I'm like, oh, am I a horrible, terrible person that my social life is going to be ruined because of this pandemic? And then one by one, things just started getting canceled, uh, and it was just like, wow, uh, because I'm looking at all of our friends and how if even if they didn't, even if they were able to overcome the ticket cancellations and people not showing up, the venues closed. So yeah. it, it's rough. As a, as a healthcare professional, I can't speak for my other peers. I don't know how they cope with what we do, which can be very trying at times. I would imagine. But with me, it was always, yes, yes. With me, it was always about going out and socializing to relieve the stress and even going to the gym. And you can't do that either because the gyms are closed. So <laughs> that's been rough. Now, now everyone's going to have my waistline. There you go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I noticed it. It's funny you say that. I noticed it. Uh, I had a lot of clients, a lot of colleagues who whose shows may not have been canceled, but their audiences were somewhat sparse, or or people said they would order tickets and they didn't, uh, and things like that. So a lot of shows were playing at half capacity at best, and that was an anomaly for them. So so yeah, we. We, we heard the rumblings of this before we it, it actually came to our, our vision. Now, now you mentioned, obviously, that, that you are an artist as well. You, uh, uh, in, in the world of nightlife, you're, you, are, you are quite well-known. So, <laughs> oh. so, so let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's ask that question first. How are you coping? You're talking about how people are coping. How are you coping now? You're, you, you, you were, you, you're very visible in, in so many nightlife situations. How are you coping now? Well, thank you for that. And uh, it's, it's almost like uh, I've been pulled, you know, my, my career, you know, we all, we all have our jobs that we're dedicated to, and my career is as a registered nurse. Right. But I always looked upon uh, my journalism and occasionally performing as a job. It didn't pay the bills, <laughs> not at all, but it was that creative outlet, which we all as human beings need, especially if you're just a creative soul or a restless soul of which we know many in New York City. Indeed. So to me, that was taken away and that was particularly rough. Uh, I don't even have much new content to write about. Uh, as a writer, I try and keep people's spirits high by sharing my own experiences, whether through reviews or photographs. And it's kind of rough. Uh, <laughs> when you don't really have any new material. And also, uh, like I said, that our job, we, we were pretty much called into this, this war, and there's not much room, not much wiggle room. Our management is like, okay, now you have to show up weekends if needed. You're going to go to whatever floor we assign you to. You're going to put on that protective equipment. And uh, if you show signs of illness yourself, you have a certain amount of time to recover, but we expect you back. You just you're responsible for taking all the protection on yourself. Oh. There's a shortage of supplies, as you may have heard. Yes. Uh, and they may not be uh, that, that. It may be misleading because I can't say for sure how many masks or how many disposable paper gowns or how many eye shields we have in stock. Because I don't know. 
But I do know that we're encouraged to use them judiciously. We don't necessarily throw them away. After each interaction with a patient, we're supposed to put them in our own paper bag with our name on it and keep it. And and that's largely because we just don't want to run out. Uh, once you have that, you're supposed to use it for a day or even longer. You're supposed to use it either until it gets wet or soiled. And even then, we have to be very conscious to make sure that we have enough of these items. Uh, it, it's... It's about protecting yourself. We're responsible for protecting ourselves and obviously protecting the patients. I can say very tragically that I've actually seen, uh, unfortunately, the effects of uh, the COVID virus uh, and what you hear in the news about how some people are at higher risk because of their age or because of pre-existing medical conditions. Uh, there's, there's definitely, I've seen uh, a correlation it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a causative factor, but there is a correlation on how well that person recovers from from their symptoms. Right. We treat them at the hospital. We treat them... Uh, we, if, if someone has difficulty breathing, we give them oxygen for support. If they have a concurrent infection, we treat them with antibiotics. If, they, uh, if, they're, if they're weak or if they're having pain, we treat the pain and we monitor their labs and give them, you know, analgesics, whatever whatever we need to uh, speed up their recovery and have them recover well. you got to remember with our elderly and with patients that already have a lot of uh, medical problems to begin with, whether it's lung issues or heart issues uh, or, other, or other chronic diseases, they need extra special attention because this, a younger person may recover uh, easily by just staying at home and doing whatever we would do when we have other viral symptoms, drinking a lot of fluid, uh, resting, uh, taking your vitamins, eating properly, <laughs> getting enough sleep. Indeed. And unfortunately, it may not be the case with, uh, with our older, more frail patients. So that's what we're doing. And again, my hospital has been great about preparing for any kind of surge. We've designated whole floors. Entire units were closed down to make it you know, accessible in case sure. we need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you seen, uh, no, 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 you've obviously seen people with the virus. Have people, yes. uh, have you lost people in, in your facility? Uh, I have not, I have not noticed that. I don't have the official statistics. I can only speak for what I've seen going on on my floor. But I do know that, again, the virus may indeed be something that like kind of propels somebody that was already ill to begin with to the next level. Gotcha. And so if somebody is admitted with breathing problems or uh, respiratory distress and uh, a cough that will not go away or a very high fever, we don't know for sure yet. It's still too new how quickly the virus does speed up that process. But from what I've seen already, it's real. It's definitely real. Uh, I would like, you know, a lot of people, as we know, we have certain uh, political so-called leaders that foster the idea that it was a hoax. And it's easy for, it's easy to not believe something that we can't see. We don't see this. Uh, we, we, we can't see a virus. <laughs> so it's easy for us to believe that it doesn't exist. But it has been isolated in laboratory tests. Uh, there are tests now. And uh, from what I've seen in the short amount of time this has been going on, it's only been a few weeks. Yeah. I mean, we could look back. At, yeah, it's only been a few weeks, and I've already seen what could be a correlation between, like, someone's rapid deterioration if they get ill. Sure. Uh, 
it's hard to believe that it's only been a few weeks, but I look back and it's almost like when the last time that we actually like saw each other in person, it's <laughs> the world has changed. It's the been a month, man, since I haven't seen you. It's been yeah. a little over a month and it's like, you know, I, I, I'm a horror and sci-fi lover, as you know, and, and, and I'm just waiting for that scene of the, you know, there we are clinking glasses for cocktails and there's the fade out and it comes up and then you're hearing sounds in a hospital somewhere. It's, it's, it seems that fast. You're right. Yes, yes. Now, now speaking and, uh, of timing, uh, uh, how long do you... Now, you're right there at the front lines, you poor man. Uh, how yeah. how long do you think this is going to last? From what you're seeing, people originally had uh, projections till mid-April. Now we're hearing mid-May. Now we're hearing mid-June. What's it looking like from where you are? Well, one of the, one of the things we have to remember is that we only recently have widespread testing. So there's been a spike. I look at the maps and it's enough to even give me palpitations because mm. I look at the maps of just how many people have actually tested positive for the virus in New York State. And the numbers are much, much, much higher than in other states, uh, you know, for example, sure. you know, in the Midwest, more sparsely populated states. And a lot of that makes sense. I mean, we're in a very populous state. We live very close to each other, the vicinity. We have, you know, apartment buildings where you can hear your neighbors. Yep. And some of the things I hear, now that's worthy of a horror movie. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, and uh, so we're, we're in very close vicinity to each other. Uh, and, you know, we take public transportation and that kind of thing. Uh, but we do have greater testing, so that's going to increase to greater, that's going to cause the greater increase in numbers. So that's expected. A lot of people could have been walking around with the virus and not known it, and then they get tested, and, 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 and that's, that's another positive result. There's a curve, and current scientific figures estimate that it's about 14 to 21 days that, uh, that a person can recover from the virus if they have it and they take care of themselves. Right. From what I've read in the news, China China was dealing with the pandemic a lot earlier than we are, and they're having their first cases of recovery. A lot of people have unfortunately died, and yeah. there may be factors to that why some people live and some people don't. That, that I can pretty much guarantee you that it has to do with uh, pre-existing medical conditions, whether or not they get care, supportive care. Sure. There's no antiviral... There's nothing that will kill a virus in many cases. It's the same thing as the common cold or any other respiratory virus. You kind of have to let it like run its course and give supportive measures, give oxygen if someone's having respiratory distress, give my anti, uh, antipyretics, which bring down the fever. So you know, if someone has a high fever, give antibiotics, which can kill any or treat any concurrent infectious or inflammatory process going on. And, uh, and, and that's what we do. And, of course, like if things get very bad, you know, they might have to be intubated. That's a scary thing because, as you may have heard, we may not have as many respirators in this country as right. we need for that kind of thing. Right. You know? so, that, so the main thing, uh, so, again, predicting an ending is always hard, but uh, I was never one for social isolation. I feel that in this country, in this culture, rather, we were already socially isolated. Yeah. yeah kind of distance us. The, the, the internet has become the new social outlet for a lot of people. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and come on now, you know, I mean, I love it just as much as you do and everybody else does. But I already felt that we were not interacting with other human beings enough, that we weren't touching each other enough, therapeutic touch and, uh, and, uh, and social touching, and that we, we didn't really interact with other humans as much as we should have. 
But in this case, this may be worthy of like really just trying to, you know, keep your distances, avoid large groups of people, wash your hands, uh, you know, stay away from situations if you're not feeling well yourself, getting more rest, taking this opportunity to get more rest than you would normally. And I think under ideal conditions, you know, whoever has the virus would start to recover uh, in uh, in about a month. We can maybe stretch it and say two months. Mm-hmm. If we can do that and prevent new infections, then hopefully we would see start some signs of recovery in about four months. What should people know. do? What shouldn't people do? What's that? We, we hear many times, you know, wash the hands and social isolation. We hear we hear this battle cry, and I'm so happy to hear it from a professional. Uh, uh, what shouldn't we do? There are people out there, like Governor Cuomo was just talking about how he saw people were, were throwing Frisbee in the park yesterday, so they didn't seem to give a shit. Uh, what shouldn't we do? What, what I, We're all arrogant individuals thinking we're all Superman, and we're all going to go, hey, it won't get me. What shouldn't we do right now? Well, you know, and I I understand that. Trust me. Like I said a little while ago, nobody was more disappointed with me when uh, than, than me than when you hear that like bars are closing. Uh, you know that, uh, that that venues are closing. You can't go out to dinner. You can't go to the movies. <laughs> you can't go to the gym. And, and non essential businesses, which is a relative term, non essential, are closed. Yeah. Uh, so for someone like me, who's just a very touchy feely person, I mean, you know, uh, I. Uh, <laughs> I'm very Mediterranean when it comes to that. You know, I just like to, you know, I like to hug and kiss everybody. You know? There you go. <laughs> so, uh, so I get it. I understand that it's hard. But what we can do is, again, it sounds cliche, but it's true. This is one of the first things they teach us uh, in nursing school. And, and the coronavirus, you have to remember, the coronavirus itself, that particular classification of viruses is not a new thing. I remember... 23 years ago, when I first went to nursing school, we learned about the coronavirus and, and other viruses and, huh. and what you would need to do if somebody came in with one of them. This is different because it's a particularly nasty strain. It's a new strain. The same way that the H1N1 was a, was a particularly nasty strain of the flu. People do recover from the flu. Some people die. And, yeah. uh, and you might remember a few years ago, a lot of people did die from the H1N1. Indeed. And, yeah. So... I would say that it's just a matter of like gauging how healthy you are as a person, uh, really taking a good hard look and deciding, uh, you know, for yourself without getting paranoid. I mean, uh, you know, when you, when personally, like, you know, when some, some people, they don't want to shake hands anymore. They want to just do the elbow, the elbow, what is yeah, that? The elbow, the elbow touch, whatever that is. <sighs> yeah. And I think that that's, you know, it's not exclusive to millennials, but I think that that's just a sign of absolute millennial dorkery, you know. It's just, a, <laughs> it really is. It's, I'm writing that down, millennial dorkery. Yeah, and again, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, some of my best friends are millennials and all that, but, you know, I think that that might have, like, originated with the younger generation, only because I can't see... I can't see anybody of a certain age actually doing that with dignity, you know? <laughs> I, really I hear you. I think they did it. I didn't, I didn't catch it. I think they did it at the last presidential debate. And I think I would have paid to see Biden and Sanders do a, do a quick elbow to each other. But oh, see, I would have paid not to see it. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, I think it's a matter of, like, just gauging, like, how, uh, you know, your, your own, um, you know, your own vulnerability Obviously, not everybody of a certain age is, uh, is medically frail. Obviously, not everybody that's younger is going to be invincible. But I would say the same thing. Uh, you, you know, wash your hands very frequently. Uh, just definitely take this opportunity if you're working from home 
or if you're uh, unemployed or laid off or on furlough, take the opportunity to just get some rest. Drink plenty and plenty of fluids. Hydrate yourself. Uh, warm fluids are better. Warm fluids would uh, keep mucus in the throat from building up, which uh, the mucus in the throat or, uh, or an unpatent airway or unpatent res- uh, a clogged respiratory system can definitely uh, be the perfect opportunity for uh, respiratory viruses to take root there. Mm-hmm. I think fresh air is a wonderful thing. Uh, I think going out in small groups of one or two, if the other person feels comfortable, I mean, groups of one, uh, groups yeah, of two people, would be positive. A quick walk in the park, you know, again, you, you know, at this point, like avoid overly crowded areas. Don't be rude to people, you know, I mean, just because we have to keep social distancing doesn't mean like you have to like just avoid any kind of eye contact or run away from somebody if they get too close to you. We're all in this together. Yep. So we need to maintain our stability. Eventually, this we will, we will recover as a culture from this, and we want to learn from the mistakes we made and, and keep those good hygiene practices. You know, just take good care of yourself. Take care of your immune system, obviously. Eating healthier foods, it sounds kind of, you know, like grandfatherly advice, but it's true. You know, yeah, maybe maybe uh, we need to look at what our grandparents yourself. told us. Uh, in times like this, <laughs> yeah. What, what are you yeah. doing? What are you doing now? No, you 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 cannot stand on the piano and sing like you normally do. You cannot put on put on your finest cowhide and go out to a bar. What are you doing <laughs> to cope right now? What are you doing to take care of yourself right now? You personally, the, the, okay? Yes, medical. Got it. What are you doing emotionally, mentally? What are you doing? I actually, uh, I think that the, the closing of the gym was really hard, only because, now I understand it, it is a communal place, a lot of people go there, a lot of people are touching equipment, and maybe their hygiene practices are not the best, but I, I believe exercise is really important, and again, it was a combination of going out socially, you can't do that anymore, mm-hmm. and, uh, but we can talk on the phone, uh, we can uh, go on the internet, I, I, I encourage everybody to just, you know, don't make a you know, don't don't make the internet or don't make a virtual communication any better or worse than it really is. Right. <laughs> Spending huge amounts of time will drive you nuts. It really will. So talking to people on the phone, reaching out to people is, is a great thing. Again, uh, getting at least some fresh air every day, whether it's just walking down the block uh, safely, you know, keeping your distance is, is a good thing for me. I like it. I've, I've rediscovered jogging huh. uh, and power walking. Only because it's the only exercise you could do now. Right. I did. Uh, I did buy some weights because uh, I, 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 <laughs> I need to do some. Uh, again, need to do some exercise at home. <laughs> and and the gyms were probably like the last thing to go. Even the gym in our building, in my apartment building, was closed. And I never see anybody go in there. I'm the only one that ever used it. The equipment would always be in exactly the same place. <laughs> when, you know, <laughs> when I. Uh, you know, when I would come back again, and I'm like, I don't think anybody's been here. They shouldn't have closed this. This is the cleanest place in New York City. You there know? you go. <laughs> well, you knew that because there was a sign on it that said, close to you, Jed, because nobody else was going. <laughs> oh, you heard about that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How embarrassing that was. So that's what I've been doing. And uh, I, 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 looking, you know, because I don't have any new material, I'm just going to go through my archives. And uh, to keep people's spirits up, I'm going to just discover some, some vintage vice, as I call it, you know. Maybe I can uh, I can find some of these photos from like uh, the early '90s, you know, when nightlife was even crazier before the advent of the internet. Oh, the last and century! Kind of yes, yes. Everybody. Mm. <laughs> yes. Now your site is Lavender After Dark. 
Yes, Lavender After Dark. And uh, I'm also on, uh, I'm on, uh, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Jed Ryan is my name, very original. Uh, that's my name on Facebook. Um, you know, I'm going to start uh, posting, like, some, again, some stuff to make people feel good. If we can't share, if we don't have anything new to share, uh, then definitely share some of the uh, older stuff and share some memories. Again, to keep people's spirits up, make, remind them that, you know, no matter what, no matter what we see on the news, no matter what the numbers are, no matter how dire this may appear, uh, a good attitude, you know, whether or not you're actually ill or whether or not you're just kind of feeling down, it, it's, a, it's a great thing to have. I mean, we're, we're going to need this to get through and to, and to lift up other people, too. I, I worry about the long, long-term effects of, like, depression and anxiety on our culture, and it's no joke. You know, we need to keep our spirits up now right. more than ever. So that, that could become the next disease. If, if, <laughs> yes. If, yes. if everybody is sitting inside and they're not, you know, uh, it, very wise of you to say, uh, if, everyone's, if everyone's sitting around and, and just feeling sorry, then eventually that's going to be the next thing that's going to be our plague. And, and you yes. can't take a pill for that necessarily. Well, you can, but you no. can't. Well, uh, a pill is only, you know, uh, kind of like a, uh, it, ma- it masks the, sim- it, it deal- you can deal with the symptoms, but it doesn't really solve the problem. There you go. It, it's kind of, which is ironically what we're doing for the, the virus. <laughs> Again, vir- the virus has to work its way out of your system or become inactive, uh, where it can't hurt you anymore. Right. And all we can do as healthcare professionals it, at this point is just basically set the stage for that to happen. So... That's why we encourage everybody, if you can, self, self-recover self at home. Don't uh, be clocking up the uh, emergency room. In fact, I know that they will not admit you unless they really feel that you're, uh, you're in danger, like you have like a, a severe fever that won't go down or coughing so bad that you're having chest pains, which could be a sign of an infectious process as right. well. Or uh, if, if you're oxygen level where you can't even walk around and, and without feeling winded, those are all danger signs. So... I, I, I'm, I'm not making, I'm not being flip about it when I refer it, but how many, again, how many sci-fi films and whatever else, you know, they, they turn patients away uh, from hospitals for whatever the reason. Uh, uh, what a horrifying feeling it must be to go to an emergency room and be told, you're not sick enough for, for us right now. Oh. Well, also, sadly, it's, it's a sign of the time that a lot of people do use the emergency room for their primary oh, health care. Yes. Either because they don't have proper insurance or because they're, uh, you know, they, they, they would have to pay out of pocket. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of people don't have a regular doctor. Uh, or, and, and again, in New York City, it can be difficult, you know, when to get an appointment in this damn town when there's already you know, so many people and, and there can be so few resources. So I get it. I totally understand it. But at the same time, though, you know, the emergency room is being clogged up. There, there is, there's, at, at my hospital, we, again, everybody has been, reassigned, we're all, we all uh, have the possibility of going to one of those units where we're going to deal with a surge of COVID cases, and nobody is exempt from that. Uh, and so, it, we, in my hospital, it doesn't seem that we have a shortage right now. I can't speak for other smaller hospitals, and I certainly can't speak for outside of New York City, <laughs> if they have limited resources, if they have limited healthcare staff, and limited equipment. Because yeah. that's that, that that's when things could, can get dangerous, uh, you know. Um, so so in this case, I, I I would encourage everybody to just really take a good hard look at at how how you feel right now, how you feel today, 
what you could do to make your health more optimal, what you could do to strengthen your immune system. Uh, really evaluate, again, you know, if, if, if you just are going to the point where you're going stir crazy, don't stay in your house. I mean, go for a walk around the block or the park, but keep your social distance, you know, stay away from large groups of people. Sure. And, uh, you know, with one person who also feels the same way, feels that they're strong enough, you know, physically to do so. Uh, kids, at this point, we have not seen any COVID cases in kids, thank God, you know. Mm-hmm. But, we, uh, but that doesn't mean that kids may not be carriers. So, again, it's just, again, even with children, like, you know, just keeping... Uh, you know, keep, keep, you know, with your own kids, obviously, like, you know, kids get very restless. So a walk in the park, something, if, you have, if you're lucky enough to have a backyard or a balcony, do that with them as well. And, uh, and then just take it day by day. But obviously don't be a hero. If things get to the point where they're really bad, then, you, you know, you, you, need to, you need to seek help. Exactly. The uh, ER teams by now are pretty good at determining whether or not somebody would need to be admitted. So if, if things get really bad. Wow. Jed, thank you so much. Uh, uh, I, I wish I wish we were talking about a, a zillion other things, but I'm I'm so thrilled that that I was able to to have someone in my life that I can speak to about this directly. Uh, you, you, well, well, thank you for ha- well, thank you for having me. Uh, oh, yes, my pleasure. I, I, it would be uh, you know, listen, it would be it would be nice if we were just talking about horror movies. Uh, I uh, <laughs> or, or or what's the best tequila or something like that, but <laughs> or uh, yeah, what's the best tequila to go with horror movies? Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I was watching. Uh, you know, sadly, I think we're all watching more TV than we really want to, which can be good and bad. It can be good if we learn new things about American pop culture and, uh, you know, really become enlightened in some way. It's bad if we just put the TV on and you, yeah. your mind slowly starts to turn to marshmallow there. <laughs> you know? Well, and, there are learning lessons there because Gilligan's Island didn't seem to have a lot of toilet paper. So, so I, I, guess, <laughs> I, guess, I guess we could learn from all television somewhere. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, I mean, you know, just the other day, uh, oh, what was it? It was some TV show with two cops. Maybe it was Adam 12 or something, something from the 70s. And uh, I'm saying to my other half, I'm like, oh, wow, look, you know, she looks familiar, that actress. <gasps> that was the mother in Abby, which was a 1970s uh, ripoff of The Exorcist featuring an all-African-American cast, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's the second yes. time that movie has been mentioned recently. I I, I spoke with uh, Kalita Smith from uh, Z Nation, and that was like a horror movie that changed her life. It's so funny that that's coming up again. Oh, that's that, oh, I, I I now have to sit and watch that movie through through its entirety. Yes, and if you have a hard time finding it, I'm sure I could uh, send it to you in MP4 <laughs> format. But the ever litigious Warner Brothers, you know, uh, they they you know they 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 sued the creators of that movie and any other, anything they deemed to be an exorcist ripoff and all that. But like if everything else, if it's out there, horror movie fans will find it no. and <laughs> it will resurface and we'll share it. Yeah, you there know? you go. <laughs> so. you, you, are, you, are, you are my new hero because uh, aside from oh. what you are doing, uh, which is incredible, you're, you are a soldier. I wasn't kidding. I wasn't being pithy. You are, you're taking your life in your hands every day. You are... Maybe you lay your head down to go to sleep, but your phone is always on in case you have to jump right back up. Uh, whatever comes through that yeah, door, you are you are handling it. And and I see so many times a soldier come onto the subway and, and someone will walk over and, 
And what they say to them, I say to you and to all of your colleagues, thank you so much for your service. Uh, I'm, well, I'm alive because welcome. of people like you. That's, that's that. Well, you're, you're very welcome. That means a lot to me. Your audience can't see it right now, but I am blushing. Yes. And, uh, and I, I don't blush too often. We you can know, feel it. Strong, we can feel it. Strong, masculine, hairy, leather daddies like me don't normally Tough. blush in public. So there you I'm go. glad that like, I could do this and still retain and still keep my reputation. And, and, and that's uh, also how you're a hero of mine. <laughs> That's also how you're a hero of mine. Not just being a leather daddy. That's okay. That's that's lovely. I, <laughs> I, I can grow a beard, but that's where the daddy has to end on me. But anyway, uh, uh, but you, uh, you are, you are at least again. You, at least, at least you can. At least you can grow a beard. I had to shave mine off. This is why you haven't seen any recent photos of me because we, uh, we, uh, there's there may have been a shortage of the helmets that are worn by bearded men because the mask doesn't always fit snugly. The uh, the N95, which blocks out everything, every particle. So right. just to be on the safe side, they requested that all, all male staff shave their beards. And so, you know, I don't even recognize myself in the mirror anymore. I have a nice porn stash, but, uh, you know, the beard is gone. So, <laughs> so, so well, I'm jealous of you now. I am I'm sure. Of you. No, you're not, because mine's growing in completely gray, so you would really don't want that. <laughs> uh, but you're also the poster child because you're an artist and, and you perform, you write... Uh, you are one of us on that level, and 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 you are our hero. You're taking care of us, so you're showing us the importance. You know, people say, "Oh, oh, what do you do for a living?" You know, whenever they turn to an actor, "Oh, well, I'm a writer, I'm a playwright, I'm an actor, I'm a director." They say, "Well, what do you do to make money?" Well, well, you're a star in both levels. You're a star in both levels. You're showing <laughs> that you, you. that not only are you a great artist, but you're also you're a great human being. You're you're you're. You're not. You're not just saying, okay. You know, nobody cares. No, you are. You are taking what you do during the day, quote unquote, uh, to heart, and and I think that's incredible. Uh, from from the entire community, I, I say thank you so much for what you're doing. Well, that means that means a lot to me, uh, and a, and a simple thank you goes a long way. Uh, it really does. Don't ever, ever, ever under underestimate a thank you for someone that's changed your life in any capacity, whether they are a healthcare worker or whether they are an artist who gave you uh, something that inspires and provokes, because that's very important, too. And again, that was an essential element of my survival as a, as a healthcare worker with a job like this, is to be able to do that. So I think, I think all of us really serve our purpose as long as we, as long as we uh, have a good work ethic and we do what we, you know, we do something that means a lot to us. <laughs> I hear you. So thank you for that. You know, I appreciate it. Not a problem. And, and once you grow back your beard and everything's back to normal, the first round's on me. Oh, okay. Well, the, the, the second round will be on me. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the fifth round when a little closer to that date. <laughs> Only the fifth? What, are you being careful? Um, Jed, thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. And, and get some rest and wash your hands and take care of yourself so you can take care of the world. Will do, will do. Thanks, yes, Have a great day now. Thank you. Same to you. Regards to Joe. Bye. Buddy. Bye. Oh, oh, I'll tell him. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>